Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, final hour is here on this Friday edition. Hot Mike with Ed and Withrow across the Outkick. Now, we're, we're back, glad you're baby. with us. We are back. We are back. We're going to get back uh, to winning with points bet this weekend. If you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. Big reason why, exclusively for first-time points bet users, grab this unique offer. Right now, new points bet users can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, points bet has your back with a second chance. You can check out this offer. Take advantage at outkick.com slash bet. Complete the registration process with PointsBet and make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. Got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER is the number to call. Head over to outkick.com slash bet right now to stag this offer. It is time for Chad Withrow's top 10 games of the college football weekend. Need more reasons to watch college football? It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. There will be some hat banging in Morgantown tomorrow. <laughs> no doubt about it. They love to bang hats in Morgantown, West Virginia. That's where I'm starting. Game number 10 of my top 10 games of the week. The Big 12 Showdown. Oklahoma State at West Virginia. Not one we would have circled no. coming into the season, but both of these teams, Hutton, two and one in the Big 12. If they want to stay right there, a game behind Oklahoma, who is the only undefeated team in conference in the Big 12, winner of this game gets a seat at the table to be right there in those top two spots in the conference. West Virginia, Neil Brown on the hot seat coming into this season, looked bad in week one against Penn State. They've rallied. They've looked good 2-1 and one in the conference right now. Um, Oklahoma State has won four straight games in Morgantown. And again, it's a big game in the Big 12 because winner will still only have that one loss and be right there towards the top of the conference. Chad, this is the first week that I feel like both of these teams give me reason to tune in. Yeah. I haven't really paid attention to the Cowboys. Well, and the Cowboys lost a home game to South Alabama, and it wasn't even that close. So you kind of forget about them, but doing pretty well uh, in Big 12 play so far. A Mike Gundy special. Game number nine. This is not going to be an offensive special. This is going to be a special team slash defensive score <laughs> special when Minnesota travels to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. Iowa, three and a half point favorite. This game, 2.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Last two years, it's been a little bit deceiving in this one. Minnesota rushed for 312 yards and lost 13 to 10 two years ago, but ran wild, ran all over Iowa in that game, just could not score. A year ago, the Gophers held the ball for over 40 minutes, less than 20 minutes time of possession for Iowa in the game. Didn't matter. Hawkeyes won it 27-22. They've won the last two in the series. Talked about it in the last segment with Kelly in Vegas. Over under 30 and a half points. A lot of intrigue to see as this game gets closer to kick if it goes under 30 points, which I don't know many games that have done that this, in recent history. This with is a combined the lowest, over under under 30. According to Brett McMurphy, this is the lowest over under in 20 years. Oof. 
Can it go under 30 is the question. We'll sure it can. Hey, I would play the over. Uh, the last two games that were at 31 and a half points over under with Iowa involved, Iowa, Kentucky, and Iowa, Minnesota both went under. And those players for Iowa that bet on that under, they knew. <laughs> yes. They knew the game plan. They, they won. They, hey, I see four tight ends in this formation. It's about to get real ugly. Yep. Take the under in that one. You might want to play the under in this one the also. The kicker knows what he's doing. Kicker always knows. They know what's up. They just stand on the side and stretch and do calisthenics <laughs> and watch while the game plan's put in every week. Game number eight. Let's go to the SEC. South Carolina on the road in the Battle of Columbia. Columbia, South Carolina goes to Columbia, Missouri. The Tigers, a big surprise. Ranked 20th nationally right now. A seven and a half point home favorite. This game is at 3.30 Eastern time on SEC Network. Brady Cook has been arguably one of the best quarterbacks. Not arguably. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. Yes. It's him. It's Jaden Daniels. It's the guy on the other side, Spencer Rattler. Missouri, 18th nationally in passing yards per game. South Carolina, 13th nationally in passing yards per game. Both of these teams can get it done through the air. What is the bounce back like for South Carolina? I mentioned them in my dumpster fire of the week. Can Missouri hold serve at home? They've won the last two meetings against Shane Beamer in South Carolina. Hutton, this is a sneaky, really good game and a huge one, really for both teams, but South Carolina needs a win badly. What's the- Shane Beamer needs a big win badly. Going to set to Missouri and beating a top 20 Missouri team would be a huge win for the South Carolina team. Over under is 60 for this I, game. I would go over. That was Clay's blood bank guarantee. I, I like the over was there. Was the over in this game. Chad, the, the one thing that I, I think of here is, and I don't think it happens, but if South Carolina comes out with a dud after getting called out by their head coach. He's lost the team. That'll be the that will be the storyline. That'll be the the rumor. The murmur, right? Like, yeah. get ready if if they're boat raced. I don't think it happens, though. I think South Carolina's going to score some points. Yeah, yeah. I, I see I think a, they I lose, see a but shootout yeah. in this one. Yeah, I agree. No doubt. Game number seven. Let's go back to the Big 12. TCU at Kansas State, the Little Apple. The Wildcats at Kansas State, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This game, 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. TCU beat BYU last week 44-11. to TCU struggled. Early in the year, they figured a lot of things out last week. Josh Hoover in for the injured Chandler Morris at quarterback for the Horn Frogs. K-State, one of the best rushing teams in the country, 12th in the nation in rushing. This is another bit, sneaky good week in the Big 12 here, Hutton, and we've got the, the battle of purple between TCU and Kansas State and another big game in that conference. And Colin Klein, the offensive coordinator for K-State, says no starter has been selected on their end either, but they're going to play both Will Howard and, and Avery Johnson in this game. So, yeah. Two teams, Chad, that were relevant a lot yeah. in a big way last year. It was the uh, the Big 12 championship game a yep. year ago. A rematch with these two teams. Game number six. Let's go to the ACC. Clemson. Talk about a program in need of a win. Or if Dabo Sweeney gets his way, maybe they need a couple more losses so that bandwagon lightens up a bit. Well, they got an opportunity going to South Florida to take on the Miami Hurricanes this week. Clemson a three-point favorite in this one. 8 p.m. Eastern time start on ACC Network. A win, and Dabo Sweeney passes Frank Howard for all-time wins. The record at Clemson. Uh, This is a matchup of the ACC's best offense, which is Miami, against the ACC's best defense, which is Clemson. Talking about another program needs a win, Hutton. Mario Cristobal with a huge yep. gaffe 
yep. a couple weeks ago against Georgia Tech. Came out, didn't look too bad last week at North Carolina to start. Things fell apart in that game, though. A program that's, it, it's weird to say, with only the two losses, but kind of reeling right now for Miami in need of a big home win. This would be a big one as Clemson is a slight favorite. Clemson's just better right now. You know, back-to-back wins versus back-to-back losses. I like the Tigers. 80 degrees and sunny, by the way. No weather issues, but it'll, I think Clemson's playing better. No surprise uh, with no, no weather problems there in, in South Beach. Game no. number five this week. We're going back to the SEC. Number 13, Ole Miss at Auburn. It's the Hugh Freeze Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. Ole Miss is six and a half point favorite in this one, 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Auburn is 0-3 in the SEC. They've yet to score more than 20 points in a single SEC game. But I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that Hugh Freeze has something for his former team. Keep in mind, Auburn didn't go over 20, but gave a big-time scare to the number one team in the nation, the Georgia Bulldogs, at home. Ole Miss has struggled some on the road. I think this is a really good game right down to the wire. Auburn's defense, really good. Hutton, they got to find some offense with Peyton Thorne at quarterback. We know what Ole Miss does well. That's run the football. With Quinshawn Judkins, Ulysses Bentley, great backfield for the Rebels. I like this matchup between Hugh Freeze's current team and Hugh Freeze's former team. Ole Miss is plus six in the turnover margin. And Jackson's Dart, Jackson Dart has only thrown two interceptions. Meanwhile, Auburn's thrown 11 picks. That's what this game comes down to. Can Auburn just hang on to the football, not make the dumb play? Make, make the smart play and not lose the game. They could easily do that, too. And I think their defense is good enough to make points a premium in this one uh, against Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, a really good offense, but... I think Auburn has what it takes defensively to give themselves a chance in this game. Really like that one. Let's go to the top four this week. Yes. Game number four. This is what I'll call a Jonathan Hutton special. 10 o'clock. Let's check on those nails in this game. Yeah. What is Caleb How Williams going to go nails, with? Maybe bro. he's moved on past that. We don't know. Uh, I don't know that Utah has. Utah also shouldn't move on from what they did a year ago. They were 2-0 and against USC. One in Salt Lake City in the regular season. Beat them again in the Pac-12 championship game trying to beat the Trojans again. This time, they'll have to do it in Los Angeles. Again, Utah coming to this game ranked 14th, USC 18th. The Trojans minus seven. Uh, the game, this is a, one of the weirdest swings of point spread that we've seen this year. This game opened minus two for USC and has grown by five full points to a touchdown line in this one. USC on defense, Hutton. They gave up 48 to Notre Dame, 41 to Colorado, and 41 to Arizona, who does not have a very good offense. Struggling on defense. Caleb Williams struggled against Notre Dame's good defense. Three interceptions in that game. Does Caleb Williams bounce back at home in this one? I think this is another game that's going right down to the wire. Yeah, I mean, Utah doesn't have a passing attack. Um, they Even uh, the running game needs to get going. It'll get going this week. That that's I, I think, man. USC doesn't look right. They've been winning. They don't look right. Utah has plenty of reasons to go in and win. Utah not known for scoring a lot of points. No, but they're coming off a game though where they just scored 34 against a good Cal defense. They won 34-14. Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson, two-headed monster at quarterback. They'll split time in every game. Both of them will play. They've done really well. They have they've, for Utah. And here's the other thing. And now there's reports out. Cam Rising, I don't think is playing this year. 
at this point based on his recovery and not going yet. I think he's going to get a medical redshirt and come back and be the starting quarterback for Utah next year. Something to watch as the Utes move into the Big 12 yes. a year from now. If you're looking for an early, I know you can't bet on this right now, but an early possible betting team to win the Big 12 in year one, Look no further than the team in Salt Lake City. Such a weird saga there because it was week one whenever everyone thought Rising he was going to play, play against Florida. Yeah. And it took until, what, week five until he clarified anything. And now there's talk about him redshirting and yeah. coming back next year. Game number three. Back to the ACC we go. Number 16, Duke. At number four, Florida State. The Seminoles, a 14-and-a-half point favorite. They are wearing some god-awful uniforms in this game. Uh, I'll just let you see it on television tomorrow for homecoming. I hate it. I like the Florida State helmets when they broke out the white helmet with the same design uh, on the helmet. These uniforms this week, not good at all. What would Bobby Bowden think of this? Uh, These uniforms. I, I don't think. Uh, old no. Bobby wouldn't like it. No. Never ever in my 35 years of coaching have I ever been accused of foul play. <laughs> That's my Bobby Bowden impression. That's not well very good. Well done. No, I like it. Uh, 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. Duke, by the way, 0-21 against Florida State in their history. Wow. The last time the Blue Devils, here you go, Hutton, the last time the wow. Blue Devils were ranked 16th was in 1994. They went to Florida State after beating Clemson in 94, ranked 16th. Final score in that game, 59-20. to Florida State, they're hoping not for a repeat of that. Riley Leonard's got to play for the Duke to have a chance. I don't think he is. I've seen the video of him walking around the field before the game against NC State. Very noticeable, heavy limp with a high ankle sprain. I don't think he's playing a week later. Um, so Duke's going to have to win with their backup quarterback on the road. Duke, after going 9-4, and four, Elko now has a 5-1 and one record currently. Best start since 2018. Props. 59 to 20. The last time a 16th ranked Duke team went to Tallahassee. Um, this game will be better than that. I'm pretty sure of that. I hope so. Game number two to the SEC we go. Fire up the SEC on CBS, soon to be Big Ten on CBS theme music for this Pete one. Down. As the 17th ranked Vols with one loss goes to Tuscaloosa to take on the 11th ranked Tide. Also, with only one loss in the season. Alabama, nine and a half point favorite in this game. Another line that's gone down as the week's gone on. Open at 11, has gone down slightly. 3.30 Eastern on CBS. Nick Saban spent a lot of this offseason talking about that Tennessee game. Not publicly, but with his team. Talked about a need for focus over the course of a long war of a game that that became. When time becomes an issue and you're playing for that long period of time. Thought his team's focus wasn't there. The entire time in Knoxville a year ago. Thought that they wilted a bit late in the game. That's a big talking point. They're not talking revenge in this game, but it is a factor for Alabama after they watched Tennessee fans storm the field, tear down the goalposts, and march it to the Tennessee River on them a year ago. Bama's going to be fired up and ready for this one. Jalen Milrow has not been accurate within 15 yards. He's been accurate on some deep throws this year. Got to be better in the intermediate game. Keep in mind, when Tennessee looked foolish this year defensively, it's when Florida and Graham Mertz were able to eat them alive with very short passes, getting rid of the ball quickly. Tennessee's pass rush is legit. Their front is one of the best in the country. They can get after Jalen Milrow, but you eliminate that with a quick passing game. Florida taught everyone else that. Can Alabama and Jalen Milrow do this in, in this game? Malachi Moore versus Squirrel White. Matchup to watch, Hutton. Malachi Moore coming off injury. He plays that star position in the slot defensively. He will be matched up with Squirrel White. 
That could be an advantage for Tennessee based on the health of Malachi Moore. We'll find out tomorrow. Can Joe Milton go on the road and come up with a big performance? Something you've hinted at all week, Hutton. Yeah, can he be the guy against either Bama or Georgia? 48 and a half is the over-under. Battle of the fronts. Yes. Battle of the lines. Game number one, quickly. No, no, no brainer here. Big noon kickoff on Fox. Number seven, Penn State at number three, Ohio State. The Buckeyes, a four and a half point favorite. Penn State last one in Columbus in 2011. Six straight wins for the Buckeyes. Penn State has scored at least 30 in every game this year. Really good on offense. Yes. Drew Aller, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, there's some injury issues for Ohio State, especially on offense. How many of those guys that missed against Purdue are back this week? Huge game, Hutton. We've talked about it all week. We'll probably talk about it a little bit with Dan Dockage coming up as well. No doubt. Well done with your Thank top you. ten games. Yeah, always fun. Uh, and coming up, Dan Dockage does join us Thanks on hats. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, the home of Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. Coming up, Dan Dockett will join us in a matter of uh, minutes. Until then, Chad, you know what's most surprising to me about Alabama this year? And it's not Milrow, um, you know, doing his thing, benched, and then coming back and playing well. To me, it's the offensive line. The identity of Bama up front and the fact they wanted to go with bully ball and they haven't been able to do it. They, no. they have surrendered 31 sacks on the year. They rank 126th nationally in that category. Alabama's offensive line. Yeah, they've got a true freshman at left tackle. Um, the, the kid from Iowa that was uh, committed to Iowa was going to be their biggest recruit ever. The five star. Yeah. Caden Proctor. Okay. Is his name. Um, Interesting stat coming into this Tennessee game. James Pierce, who's, who was the SEC defensive lineman of the week, lit it up the last two weeks. Legit. He faced a true freshman at tackle the last two weeks. This is a third in a row this week with Alabama, who's okay. had some struggles. They have. That, that's why I think it's just imperative 
I think Alabama wins this game two ways offensively. Um, short passing game and letting their playmakers or receiver do something with the ball, getting rid of it quick the way Florida was able to, mixed with when things break down and they will against this Tennessee pass rush, Jalen Milrow has got a much better ability to make a big play out of that than, than Joe Milton. Joe Milton's not a bad runner at all, but Jalen Milrow is a guy who can break contain and go for 50 yards. Yes. He's got the longest run of the season. I think 53 yards is the longest run from scrimmage for the year for Alabama. He's a guy who can beat you big time when he gets out in the open. That's one to watch. We say hello to Dan Dockett, host of Don't At Me here on the Outkick Network. Dan, how are things, man? Happy Friday to you. Oh, man, just got back from beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, picking up my daughter who was there on business. And I got to tell you, I almost didn't make it back. You get homecoming weekend, you get me on that campus. It's nothing but velvet ropes, bottle service, and, of course, (laughs) paparazzi. So I did make it back. It was touch and go. There almost had to be a call made. As my wife said, don't stay down there for three days because when my daughter and I get in Bloomington, it's on, baby. I'm surprised you didn't stay, taking all the festivities as the conquering hero returning home. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it is unbelievable. I don't know about hero, probably more of a zero, but that's all right. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it, a guy gave me, a, a, one of the bar owners there gave me an unbelievable tour of his place, and uh, that was fun. Anyway, I'm here looking forward to a monster weekend. How are you guys? Doing great. Uh, better than Jim Harbaugh yep. is doing right now. What, At least what, I guess. what do you think about the latest allegations? Uh, just what's being alleged, the kid from Navy that came in that's now been suspended, what do you make of all of this? Well, you know, I, I talked to Urban Meyer and I asked him, I said, is this something people do? Because in college basketball and college football, I remember the day. I literally remember the day. It was either 93 or 94, but I remember when they came and told us that we could not scout anymore in person. And I was so happy to not have to drive all these different places a week or two in advance and scout teams in person. I was so excited that we didn't have to do that. And so I asked him, I said, is this normal? He goes, hell no, this isn't normal. Who hires a Marine to go to games to videotape a sideline? Like, nobody does that. And, you know, and there are a lot of guys in the media that are saying, well, you know what? This is everybody does it. The Michigan media as well. Harbaugh should laugh in the face of it. And that's great. That's great, laugh in the face of it. But you know what? Word I get is they've got the guy's laptop. Word I get is the feds may be involved. Word I get is this is kind of a big-time deal. And how many times are you going to let Harbaugh off the hook if any of this turns out to be true? Because if not, if it turns out to be even a little bit true, he's lied about it. No he's doubt. already said he didn't know nothing about it. He knows everything about it. He hired the guy. Why did you hire the guy? You hired a guy you didn't know what he was doing, and you gave him a direct line to your defensive coordinators? Yeah, I ain't buying that one. Yeah, when other coaches in the Big Ten recognize that they had the signals. Uh, and all of a sudden, Harbaugh's, you know, he's cooperating, unlike well, and, the last and, investigation. You know, you mentioned possibility of feds being involved. Just big picture on this, Dan, I immediately think about sports betting. That's a and, great point. And, and, and well, right, issues exactly that could right, go down right. with that, with them covering the spread every week. And if it comes back that there was some sort of impropriety that was taking place that led to that, that's a lot of money changing hands that uh, maybe shouldn't yeah, have, you know, right? Yeah, I talked to an administrator friend of mine, and I, and I asked him just that. And that, he's the guy that told me, he goes, look, this may get to the feds because there is a sports gaming element. There is a crossing state lines element. There's all this stuff. Now, is it the most serious thing in the world? Of course not. 
But, you know, you do have to have integrity in sports. That's all sports have, or else you got the WWE, which, by the way, is very popular. So maybe that's the way, you know, people want to go. But the truth of the matter is, anymore, and this started, people make fun of 2017, the Southern District of New York, investigating uh, NCAA basketball. People make fun of that. They say, well, nothing really came of it. And they're pretty much right, except for this. It opened up coaches' eyes to wait a second. This isn't just going to be potentially the NCAA coming in. This is potentially guys in suits and earpieces coming in. And that's what scares the living hell out of not only coaches, but presidents of universities, athletic directors, vice presidents, chancellors, and all of that. Look, I don't know where it goes. I don't, I don't see how this is a federal crime or anything like that. It would be hard for me. It would be a stretch. But I do got to tell you, if I were a coach and my signals were bad and somebody got them off of watching game tape, that's on me. Yeah. But if somebody used other methods, meaning here's what I, I believe transpired. The guy went to games. Nobody knew who this guy was. So he'd go to a game and he would videotape the sideline of the team they're going to get ready to play the entire game. Well, in a videotape on TV, you see those quarterbacks in those fleeces, different colors, and they're giving all these signs. You only see that once in a while. So these, this guy, and this guy is trained in this kind of stuff. So who knows all the stuff he was in, but this is going to get sexy to me because I'm hearing big 10 coaches are pissed off big time. And they've known it for a little bit now. Dan Dockett's with us. host of don't at me here on the outkick network, Dan, uh, an example of what I'm setting up for you here. Bud Adams, owner, uh, the past owner of the Tennessee Titans, purchased this massive property across this lake from the practice facility. So, because coaches were paranoid that there were people over there watching practice. <laughs> were you paranoid about word getting out or uh, someone coming in to a practice of yours? And if you were, who are you paranoid about? Well, I didn't like people coming into my practice, and it wasn't because of paranoid. It was because of I felt like players can't concentrate. I feel like, you know what, I'm asking them for their, their concentration. So I did. I posted signs, and I got this from Coach Knight. You know, practice is closed, and what I would do is if somebody came in and maybe didn't see the sign, I would simply say very loudly, very sternly, please leave, <laughs> so that nobody was confused about what I wanted, and nobody could say that I swore. And if somebody said, well, you know, Dockage kicked me out. Well, what did he say? He said, please leave. And I, I, it wasn't paranoia. Football coaches have this great paranoia. Yes. I just wanted players' concentration. I didn't need girlfriends in there. I didn't need their buddies in there. You know, I, I didn't need any of that. I felt like it was more of a classroom environment, or at least it was my classroom. But football coaches are always paranoid that somebody's going to see something. You guys know, you go to a football practice, they give the media 20 minutes, and then you got to get the hell out of there because yep. they don't want you to see the double secret reverse that they're doing. College football more than anybody. Uh, look, I get it. I do. I think it's overblown. But from a coaching perspective, again, you know, I don't know how your training camp is in Tennessee, but we sell out here in Indianapolis. So if you're trying to get something done in training camp, uh, you know, fine, but everybody's got a camera and they're ready to film it. But, no, nah, you know, I get it. But my thing, Coach Knight's thing, was, you know, we just wanted it quieter. We wanted our voice to be heard. We did not want distractions. Chad, weren't you kicked out of a Vanderbilt basketball practice once or a shoot-around by Melanie Balkum? Yeah, Melanie, I was with Frank Wycheck, believe it or not, going when to a noon pickup game that was like in the practice auxiliary gym next to Memorial Gym. 
and we were waiting on someone to get there to open it up, and we were in the upper deck of Memorial just waiting on practice, and Melanie Balkum sent like a grad assistant or a manager oh. up to kick us out of the gym uh, like we were spying on her. No, we, we were not. Now, funny enough, you said you would just yell, please leave, Dan, uh, to yeah. someone who walked yeah. in the gym. I have a better story about Coach K where people I worked with were on the radio crew for Vanderbilt at a game at Cameron Indoor, and they walked in to set up quietly, you know, two, three hours for the game, and they were doing a walkthrough, and he went ballistic on them and yelling at them in front of the team to get out. And all they could do was scurry and try to run out of the gym as Coach K yelled at them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got a piece of some ass doing that. No (laughs) doubt about it. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? This is my practice time. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. Uh, I Yeah, they'd come in, the opposing radio team would come in, and, you know, one guy tried to argue with me, and then it got very, then I didn't worry about, you know, what my language was. Yeah, you know, um, that's a little different. Game day, I don't know, a lot of coaches do it differently, but I was so high-strung on game day, I just literally put a big dip of skull in <laughs> and sat in my office. You know, that was it. That was I didn't want to be around anybody. I just tried to figure out how I wasn't going to cause my team how to lose. I was trying to figure out every angle, watch every piece of film. Yeah, game day, you know what? In my world, and it, this isn't the way the real world works, but it's my world, I excuse any behavior on game day. I don't care. Any and all behavior gets excused. Yeah, I got a piece of some visiting radio ass. It was nice. It was fun. And I'll yeah, I, uh, I, I found the story to be completely believable, by the way, when I, when I heard it, which oh, was, it was amazing. So, um, oh, thousand percent. Michigan State, Dan, the Big Ten office, th- this report out now, and you talked about Big Ten coaches being upset with Michigan over this. The Big Ten office informed Michigan State that they have evidence or allegations that they've been stealing signs, they may have theirs, gave them 72 hours before the game when they told them, and said, Can you safely play this game and change your signs up to play on Saturday? Michigan State took a full day to respond, to consider whether or not they should play this game on Saturday. I kind of like that level of gamesmanship, but that may be proving your point right about the rest of the conference really having a problem with Michigan over this. That's exactly right. Like, I would have liked to have seen Michigan State say no. Like, you know, and people would have ripped Michigan State, right? But I would have liked to have seen what, how, how stupid would you feel if you're Jim Harbaugh? Now, you know, they've suspended the guy. So, you know, it's, it's pending an investigation. Yeah, my backside. You're suspending this guy, this, this Marine dude or whatever, because uh, you know he did something. Like, it is, this isn't a big nothing, and you're exactly right. The Big Ten Conference, I was told by an administrator, they knew about this for a little bit. Every coach is pissed off. They've had enough. It's, it's at epic proportion. It's ridiculous. And I wish Michigan State would have said, nah. And then, and, and again, I get it. You know, well, you're cowards, Michigan State, whatever you want to say, that's fine. But imagine being Harbaugh. I mean, that's egg on your face. You cheat so bad, that, and it's so important what you did that was cheating. And again, you know, this is what I've always said about cheating. When people say, well, it was meaningless. Well, then why do it? Yeah. You know, why, you know like Harbaugh, well. There's an advantage to be gained. Jay- yeah. What's that? There's an advantage yeah, to be gained no or advantage. you wouldn't do it. That's exactly right. So fans want to say, well, he just bought, he just did this. Well, he just did that. Well, there's a reason the guy is doing it. And that reason is what you just said, Chad. There is an advantage. And that advantage, no matter how big or small, is big to the coach. Put it this way. 
If you are knowingly violating rules like Harbaugh did, you are knowingly putting your big time contract in jeopardy. Now you're telling me you're putting it in jeopardy for something that's insignificant like Michigan fans would say, BS, that's crap. They know every little advantage in recruiting matters. And if you get the right kid like J.J. McCarthy or whomever, next thing you know from the hot seat, you go from and out to you beating Ohio State a couple times in a row. And it's also the first game back from the melee in the tunnel last year between these two. Oh, that's right. They're already, they're already heated final. with each other. Yeah. You know? Dan, uh, over under for yeah. beer. Over under uh, for beers this weekend. What's the number? Uh, not big. Not, not oh. big. Um, I got... I um, no, not not too big this weekend. We're going to go low. We may have a little wine. I'm reading a good book go. on CAA. It's called Powerhouse. So I, I the the big you know yeah. I may go with a little bit of wine, but but not much. Uh, going to play some pickleball. Going to watch some football. I'm on an absolute heater, fellas. I mean, I'm making money hand over fist. True story. I mean, I tell people when I'm on a cooler, when I'm cold as ice. But last two weekends, I have paid the rent, and my house ain't big, but I paid the damn rent. And I'm thinking about buying a car based on what I'm winning. And I'm telling you right now, the most ridiculous thing that I have seen in college football, in betting, is a line over under of 31 <laughs> points in Iowa and Minnesota. Everybody should have to give their NIL money back. If you're not good <laughs> enough, don't even talk about the coaches. But if you're not good enough as a player to get to 20 against another bad team, you suck. And you should have to give back all your NIL money because it's a business, right? If you're that bad in business, they're going to fire you. I, oh, man. I, that number is driving me crazy because I don't know which one to do. Dan Dockich always brings it in the days of DoorDash are well, far behind him You're now. Man, Dan. Far He's paying behind. that rent now. Dan, have a great weekend, Thanks, man. Dan. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you. Catch up with Dan uh, Monday morning for Don't At Me right here across the Outkick Network. Coming up, wrong team favored in college football, NFL moneymaker locks, and some news with Brandon Miller out of Alabama with a wrongful death suit. That's next on Hot Mind. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Getting you to the weekend. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow across the Outkick Network rolls on. Glad you're with us. Sixth and Peabody are located with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. A wrongful death suit has been filed uh, involving the case of Brandon Miller and, uh, of course, the, the, the uh, two other um, Alabama uh, former basketball players, uh, Darius Miles, and, and then there was Michael Davis, not a former player facing capital murder charges. Of course, Brandon Miller is now a rookie with the Charlotte Hornets. And it's the family of the woman, uh, Jamia Harris, who was killed uh, in the Tuscaloosa Strip um, near, right, just past campus, the University of Alabama. Uh, the federal wrongful death lawsuit filed recently um, comes down to this, Chad, that Miller knew or should have known that bringing a dangerous weapon to a dispute and discharging said weapon would likely result in harm. In addition, the complaint alleges that as a direct or proximate consequence of the negligence of each of the defendants. So he, it was legal. He had a permit for the weapon. 
But there's no doubt with the text that we're going back and forth, what, that, what was going down. No doubt. And here's a rookie in the league making $49 million over four years that this lawsuit was inevitable, only a matter of time with the wrongful death suit. But in this case, Chad, we've been over this time and time again. This is a no-brainer, and Brandon Miller should have known that. And quite frankly, the text show that he did because he brought the weapon back. Yeah, it, it's just a lot of willful, willful ignorance going on in this story uh, for people to believe that Brandon Miller had no idea, you know, bringing back the gun concealed. in the car concealed uh, might lead to something bad. Yeah. Or that he didn't see the text or he didn't, you know, everything that's being claimed, oh yeah, 100% agree, uh, believe him. Willful ignorance with the way this story ended. So, you know, did he pull the trigger? No. Was he dumb in what he did and should have known better? Yeah, he should have. And there's going to be consequences to be faced. There, there weren't yep. by his coach or by the program or by the SEC where he missed no time. But maybe this will be some of the consequences he now has to face for this wrongful death lawsuit out there. Yep. And that, again, the federal uh, murder charges, uh, those charges in the trial coming up um, as they await the jury trial. Um, Chad, it is time for our NFL moneymaker locks. Davey Hudson also joins us here in studio. I think you and I agree on one specific game in the NFL. Should, Buffalo. We, should we go ahead and just say it? since Buffalo. We, uh, we didn't even plan this, but we picked the exact same moneymaker lock. Eight and a half. I mean, I, I think this is a... This is easy money to me. On the road at New England. They've lost just one time, what, in their last... Or since 2020... Uh, against New England, and it was that win game. That was it. And Allen and company have put up big numbers against the New England Patriots defense in the past and recent past. And here's New England reeling. Buffalo should be favored by more here. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see it just at eight and a half. So Same. Give me Buffalo big in this game. I, I'm with you. New England has no offense. Uh, Mac Jones isn't getting it done. And I think Buffalo is primed coming off the London trip. And off a, a sloppy game against the Giants. Yeah, and off that. Kind of like Seattle right. this week. I think, but two, you know, two lackluster performances in a row. Yes. For them. You're right. I think they're due a, a coming out party in this game. Davey, uh, your moneymaker lock this week in the yes, National sir. Football League. Yes, sir. So we're going back to the well. The Rams are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Rams, uh, they just promoted Daryl Henderson, who's going to be active. Uh, they got Zach Evans and uh, Royce Freeman at running back. They're going to throw the ball. And the guy they're going to continue to throw the ball to is Cooper Cup. His over-under set at 89 and a half. Uh, I would take that. If you can get an alternate over, I would take Cooper Cup plus 150. He is going over 150 yards in this game. They're going to do whatever they can to try to shut him down. It's not going to work. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, they've got that connection. And Cup is going to have a filled day against the Steelers' defense. Another coming off a of bye. They're going to be thinking. The, the only reason they don't have a good day is if T.J. Watt is just creating absolute havoc against that Rams O-line and getting to Matthew Stafford time and time again. But I feel confident in Cooper Cup's ability to continue to decimate defenses. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, the Rams have really surprised me. Their defense was supposed to suck. They were supposed to be awful. And they haven't been. They've been... In flashes, they've been pretty good. Now, not consistent. And I think 
in terms of the Steelers' offense, we would describe the same thing. You know, Matt Canada coming off the bye, and he certainly can't escape the fire Canada chance even at the, the Pins games. But oh, they were worse. They were at Columbus today in Ohio on McAfee's show. There, there really? Were, there were even fire, fire. Canada chance <laughs> there. Wow. And that's... That's dedication. Yeah, it is. That is dedication. That. It is. Uh, 75% of the time coming off a of bye, Tomlin wins. That is consistency. Chad, we head over to PointsBet. Outkick.com slash bet is where you and I live to make our, our money wagers on the weekend picks each week. If you haven't taken your shot with PointsBet, now's the perfect moment. The big reason why, exclusively for first-time PointsBet users, grab this unique offer. Right now, new PointsBet users can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet. You complete the registration process with points bet there, and then you make your first bet. And if your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or old, older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Head over to outkick.com slash bet right now to snag this offer. Wrong team favored in college football. You guys know I'm high on one specific team and program this week. Yes, you are. And I am down on Caleb Williams. If this is how about them nails, bro, from last week against Notre Dame, he also did that same, you know, F word, Utah as well, just like he did with Notre Dame. And my guess is Utah defensively, they're just outside the top 25 in points allowed. And we mentioned, I believe it was Mark Harris who, who wrote at outkick.com about Caleb Williams against top 25 defenses. He only has one win out of five, I believe, that he's faced, top 25 defenses. Utah's just outside at 27, but they are only allowing a, a minuscule points uh, on, on average. I think they show up and they win outright. Wrong team favored. Give me the Utes. Hutton is leading this competition, by the way. 22 and a half points. Uh, I'm sitting there at zero right now. That's, that's not good at all. Um, man, I, I, look, I, I'm going back and forth on strategy. No, nothing seemingly works right now. Uh, I went small last week with A&M, a three-point underdog. Tennessee, if they lost by seven, falls win at home. I'm going back to going big. It's double-digit or nothing for me right now. I, I, I'm not playing to lay up. I'm Roy McAvoy right now. I'm going for the green every time. Uh, if I'm going to compete in this competition with a goose egg at this point in the season, I'm going to have to hit a double-digit line. Give me the midshipmen of Navy. They played well on the road at Memphis recently in a loss. Did not look good against USF. They've won two straight, though. They've looked better at home this year. Air Force is going across the country to Annapolis to play this game. There's always a random weird outcome in the Commander-in-Chief Trophy series between these teams. I feel like every year it may be a closer game than expected. There's going to be an upset. There's going to be something that happens. Here's to me hoping that the crazy thing that happens this year, Navy beating Air Force at home as a double-digit underdog. I'm going Navy. And outright winners, we get the points based on the spread. This would be 10.5, right? 10.5 points yeah. is what I would, would get be, with this uh, one. What, are the, what type of offense are these military academies even running now? Haven't they kind well, of gone away? Due yeah, to, no. Navy you know, still runs a, like a variation of the option a little bit. Uh, Air Force is running like a straight air raid. It's not, it's not the typical triple option at all that they're running. I what is Ken Niamatololo doing right now? That's a good question. Yeah, 
no idea. I'll look it up. He would be a good fit at Northwestern. Yeah, he, he would. You're right. Same for Michigan State, quite frankly. Yeah, completely above board. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, based on previous Straight scandals. Laced. And um, it, it, for Northwestern specifically, has shown you he can win at a place with tough academic requirements. Yes. And that's a good selling point for, for Northwestern. I think he would be a great choice. Davey, yes. give us your choice. Uh, so, first off, i got people in the chat telling me that my shirt needs to be buttoned up. If anything, I'm just going to go one more button down. Yeah, just take it I off. I get it. It's white. I, I understand. I'm a pillow guy. Sex. Uh, That's right. It, it's hot in here. We're going to bring I sex appeal to this show I'm somehow, gonna okay? Bring it out to the full. Let everyone know it's hot. I'm sweating, but we're going <laughs> to continue through. And you know what's going to happen tomorrow around 3 o'clock Eastern time? Penn State is going to leave Ohio State fans absolutely in shambles. It is the upset you need to mark down. Listen, I understand that Penn State, I hear booze even in the background on this one right now, that Penn State's not oh, one in Columbus. Since 2011, it's going to happen. They finally have the better quarterback, and so they're going to go in to the shoe, and Penn State's going to get it done. I think Drew Aller is going to have his Heisman moment Okay. tomorrow. Also, it helps that it's an early game. I feel worse. You just know the crowd's going to be into it. It's like I give Ohio State fans their due. They're, they're going to be pumped. But it's always a difference whenever you've had all day to get liquored up and drunk for a game and the difference that a crowd's going to make in that moment. But James Franklin, he's going to finally get the edge over Ryan Day in this one. The streak comes to an end. Mark it down. Nittany Lions win. Uh, it's been a while since they've defeated a top-five opponent. 2016 wow. is the last time Penn State Well, 2011 victorious. since the last time they won in Columbus. Correct. And uh, I think Hutton 2016 was against Ohio State. It, yes, it was. Yes. Yeah, the last time they, they won one of those. So it's been a while. Um, They've lost eight How healthy since is then, Ohio State would be my big question. With some of those guys that one went down during the game, but Travion Henderson, others that had to miss the Purdue game. I'd like to know that. I don't hate the pick. I, I like yeah, I mean, I think Penn State has looked a little better than Ohio State this year. I just tough to go to Columbus and win. But Ohio State's I got, been kind I got of a hard time pulling right? the trigger on the out the out the win, right, in this game, but I think Penn State's really good. Doesn't the spread tell us in Vegas that they believe Ohio State's going to be okay injury-wise? Or is this telling us that if they were healthy, it's a possible 9 points? I don't know. Yeah, it's with, a good with, question. I think it's them saying that they're at home. I, I it's an even team, but they're they're at home, so we're giving them a slight edge. That's fair. Tennessee and Bama. I really want I, – I nearly took Tennessee in this wrong team favored because Bama's not Bama as we know it. I mean, it's an exact opposite game from what we saw a year ago. It's Tennessee's not, not it's, the Tennessee team you'd expect right. under Josh Heifel either. Right. They're a different type of team. But I think the perception is it's more about Tennessee than Bama. Bama plays a role in the perception of this game too with the over-under 48-and-a-half. Yeah. 31 sacks allowed, 126 in the, in the country – and, you know, Milrow has been okay. And I, I commend him for coming off of the way he was benched and playing the way he has. But Tennessee's very capable defensively. And I expect a low-scoring game like everyone and a close one. It, it, can Milton just keep it together? I don't trust that. That's why I didn't yeah, pick it today. I, I, think it's I don't trust be, that. But he's capable. He is capable of putting it together. I think it's going to be the, the big mistake if I had to pick is going to go with Milton and not Milrow in this game, and yeah. that could be the difference. Yeah. Um, Nick Saban's way more comfortable in the type of game I think this could be, You're which right. is more of a low-scoring defensive field position game. 
against a team you know that you're not getting a lot done offensively unless it's a, the random big play here or there. Josh Heupel, though, just won his first one like this a week ago, right? That's new for Josh yes. Heupel and the staff. And he said after the game, hey, I love it. I'll win however we can. But that's his first game winning, not scoring at and, least 30 points. Um, and they beat up on Texas a front. I have and, a hard time expecting if Milton's going to have that, you know, out-of-body experience where he's red hot for an entire game, which he's capable of against, it's going to be at Neyland. I just don't think it's going to be on the road. Against Vol, UConn. Vols cover, Bama yeah, wins. I think he's going to be great against UConn. Or Vols Vandy. cover. Bama wins, though. I think Vandy at the end of the year, too. He's going to have a big coming yeah, out Saban, party. Saban does like these game. games. The problem is his O-line hasn't performed to the level of these types of games. Penalties are the ball's biggest problem tomorrow. Well, Bama also has them every game. Alabama 27, Tennessee 10. Wow. It'll okay. be close for a while. Alabama See, will score late. I think it's more like 20 to 17. I do not trust Joe Milton or this Tennessee offense in yeah, a hostile environment. I really environment. wanted to pick Tennessee. Too many procedure penalties. You're right. And lately with Milton, too many turnovers. And that's what will really get them beat quickly in this game. Enjoy the football weekend. We will be back right here on Monday, 3 to 6 Eastern. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow to recap it all. Hope you'll join us back at it Monday. Have a great weekend.